Well, hello there and welcome to this episode 33 of the podcast and this is um, the first episode of 2021. So we're into the new year and I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk in this one about the future or the future as I see it. Um, and, and this episode will be heavily um, weighted towards business and now I think things are going to change. And I wanted to kind of record this because some of the things that I kind of predicted last year kind of came to pass and, and it's easy for me to say that now I, you know, I said this was going to happen. So I thought I would try putting out my thoughts for the start of the year as to what I think might happen in 2021 and also talk about how I think the, the need we have now is so important to be, to be flexible. And uh, I'm recording this one today in a slightly different location, um, somewhat mobile. Um, Sue's got a meeting or a Zoom meeting in the office downstairs. I can't use the office today. So I'm actually here with my mobile podcasting equipment. So I'm setting a little microphone on my one of my spare beds. So I'm in a bit of a reclined position and I feel kind of relaxed today. And that's been the tone of the year um, so far, to be quite honest. And I, I think this is, for me, a very important part of what 2021 needs to be about for people. Look, last year, nobody could have seen what happened with the pandemic. And, you know, there was some, I think, some illusion that we would get into 2021 and things would be better. And and I think there will be by the end of it. But I think in the here and now, as, we, as we're into January, in the early part of the year, um, I think those those changes are a long way from coming. We've got the COVID vaccine now, which is great news. But the, the death toll and the, and the infection rate is flying up there. And And I was thinking about business the last week or so although i've not done much i i tend to use the first week of the new year to kind of get into something else physical um this year 2021 and if you've listened to my stuff before or read my blogs you'll know i'm not big into new year's resolutions but i am into intentions i do like the intention to set the intention for a year or a week or a month or a day so my intention for 2021 is to become more disciplined i think discipline is such an important factor I don't think we understand exactly what discipline means. You know, it kind of sounds like a bit of a kind of a, a terrible word. You know, we think of discipline to do with punishment or something. But discipline really is having the ability to keep doing things when they're uncomfortable or difficult, in my opinion. And I think that's a really important trait to have if you are um, a human being, but more so if you're a business person. And like I said right at the beginning of this podcast, this will be kind of move it, it'll be highly talk we'll talk a lot it'll be highly weighted towards business because i've been doing a lot of thinking over the back end of 90 uh, 2020 about where i was going to take my work in 2021 and if i'm completely honest um, i had no real well i had plans for 2020 um, but but they were only kind of in the the um the very early stages when the pandemic hit. So last year I was going to increase the amount of, of uh, mentoring clients I took on. I was aiming to maybe get a few more of those and, and kind of concentrate on that for 2020 as, as a way to build in a practice of mentoring clients, which then would lead hopefully to other services and, and other things I wanted to offer. But it came very clear that that was not going to be possible. Um, but the one thing that did become very clear throughout 2020 for me was the the rise of online content and online e-learning if you like and I've bought courses in the past that were classes e-learning and just if you don't know what e-learning is and I'm sure you do but for those that don't um, it's where you kind of take a course online so you have a tutor teaching you something but it's done virtually via a computer generally recorded so it's like a program you follow 
And I've I've picked up some of these courses over lockdown or the lockdowns now, and they've been really really good. I've tried things from um, I bought something on chess, how to become better at chess. I've done something on breathing by a guy called Wim Hof, which is an inter- I'm going to talk about that a bit actually because that's a really interesting part of the early part of this year for me. Um, I bought something on that. I did something on marketing. Um, I also bought a refresher course on NLP. I wanted to kind of refresh myself on that. And what I like about online learning is the fact that there's two things. One is it's very convenient. You can do it anywhere where you've got a computer um, or a phone. Most phones will will follow. You can use these as long as it's a video video phone. Um, I've got the ability to take video or audio. You can listen to it and watch it even on your phone. So it's very convenient. Um, I like the fact that it's, it's done casually in the fact that you can go at your own space, your own pace and your own speed. But more importantly, I think the price point is bang on. I mean, I don't think I've paid any more than £30 for one of these courses. £29.99, I think, the most expensive. Some of them are around about £19.99 mark. Um, and I have to say, I think that that's a good lot of value you get for that that small investment. So even even before we got into 2021, I was starting to look at, okay, what where do I think things are going? And I do believe that e-learning and courses are going to become big in 2021. I think that they're fairly substantial now, but I think they're going to become bigger because as people start to realize finding actual physical clients to talk to, um, it's probably going to be more challenging because of, you know, if you get clients, where do you meet them? Yes, you can do it online. Yes, you can do it via Zoom. But the, the problem with this is when you're, when you're selling your time, there's a price point goes that which can be expensive because, you know, I don't make an illusion about this. If people work with me, you know, I don't, I'm not free. You know, I do charge for what I charge. And I realized that even if I was working 10, 12 hours a day, um, and even if I wanted to put up what I charge an hour, there's still a limit to what I can earn or anybody can earn doing online one-to-one mentoring. But programs, they're very different because once you've made the investment in time to create the program and the course, you can sell that to as many people as you want. There's no limit to that. The, the information is already there. So it's what they would call in marketing and business terms. It's an evergreen product, as in it's, it's, it's always going to be useful. It doesn't require your time. And it kind of sit there in the background of what you do. So if you're listening to this and you are somebody who has some capabilities and skills that would be teachable through a, an online program, it's certainly something you should consider because I think this is going to be a big thing going forward. And even if it doesn't make up the whole of your business offering, it should just it should have some form of offering. You should have some form of offering that is an online learning course. So I think that's going to become big. That's my first prediction is that as we go through 2021, more people are going to become comfortable buying courses. The, the also the other thing about the online courses, there's lots of platforms now that even if you don't um, have any technical abilities and you're not good with websites and stuff, as long as you can record on a on a device and you can record on something as simple as a telephone, quite frankly, or a computer with a with a webcam. They have these sites now, um, I use one called Thinkific, which just allows you to upload videos and you give a lot of functionality to make them look very professional once they're up there, which which years ago, well, not even years ago, five years ago, would have been very difficult to replicate on a website without spending a great deal of money. Um, the same thing with podcasting. So I think on, on, podcasting is the same. It, it doesn't. You can get a podcast up quickly and cheaply these days. And I think those two things, online courses and podcasts, it's certainly going to be something that's going to increase in popularity through 2021. So if you have a business, I would be considering even now, even if you don't have a lot to podcast about or you don't know what it's about, I'd be looking to get your podcast out there. 
Because the way it works, and I use a, a platform called Anchor, and I found this to be incredibly um, easy to use, very simple. But once you upload it to Anchor, one of the challenges you had with the podcast is where do people listen to it? You know, if we know of Apple iTunes, has got Google, um, Google iPods. There's quite a few places you can access a podcast. But in the old days, before things like Anchor came along, you had to manually upload them to these places. You had to manually set it up, and it was very time-consuming and not always very um, robust. You know, I, I had a couple of Apple iTunes that just stopped syncing, so I had, I had episodes that just never went up there. But Anchor does all that for you. So once you've put one episode up, it will start distributing it to all the different platforms. So if you don't have a podcast right now, but you think you might have a name for one or you want to use your own name, get it out there. Because I think what will happen with podcasting is what's happened with URLs and YouTube channels. If you're not careful, somebody else will have taken your name or taken the name you want it to use. But right now, especially in the podcasting world, it's still very young. Um, there isn't still in that many people into podcasts, although it's growing rapidly. So get your name out in there, get your URL so you can get it onto your iTunes. And then, you know, you can put your, your episodes up as and when. So I think we're going to see an increase in this online learning and an increase in podcasts. And I think you can tie those two together because clearly if you know, the thing with a podcast is you can promote your own stuff on your podcast. Now, as yet, my, my courses um, are, still, are still to be completed, but I do have three on Thinkific already. So if you went to um, Thinkific and search for Gareth Boot or go to Gareth Boot on Thinkific, you'll find there's three courses on there now which are free of charge. So you can promote your own product and your own services through your podcast. And there are other ways you can get paid for podcasting through advertising and sponsorship. So I think these two things, if you're a business person, you should absolutely be considering looking at. And I think you've got to come at things in 2021. I think the way things are going to change is you're going to have to be more creative in the way you um, approach your potential new clients. I think the one thing that is really clear is that the high street now is in a serious situation. And, you know, this this lockdown has, has affected that in a big way. It's also affected restaurants and pubs. And I'm going to look at these two things separate. So I'm going to like look at the leisure sector, which is what our classes, um, pubs, restaurants, nightclubs. And I'm also going to look at um, shops, so actual retail space. Now, the one thing that I have noticed is because most of the shops aren't, aren't open, the city centres are very quiet, certainly in Wakefield, and, and I've been to Leeds during lockdown. Um, there's very few people about. So even if you have got a shop that could potentially open because you might sell a service like a takeaway for a coffee or a takeaway food place, if people aren't coming in there to use the other shops like the clothes shops, the shoe shops, the sports shops, then you're going to have limited footfall anyway. So I think what some people have started doing now, which I think is a really smart move, is to start to offering takeaway services and delivery services. So, you know, you can go to your favorite delivery place in town and uh, you take away and it will deliver it to you. Um, there's one that I've I've used over lockdown. Um, I haven't had it delivered to me, but I've gone and used the takeaway service, a place in, in Leeds. We were actually in York, I went to it, called Donna Summer. And this is like a vegan fast food place. And I want to try it for a while because it has some good write-ups. Um, and the food's fantastic. But while I was in there, I was talking to the the, the, the lad that kind of ran the place, the, the guy behind the counter, and he says, look, we're getting very few people coming past, but we're doing a lot with 
um, delivery. So they use Deliveroo, and he says, you know, it, it does have its challenges because, you know, there's only so many Deliveroo people can do it, and then you, you end up getting a blockage because people want all the all delivered at 7 o'clock, and the slots soon get taken. But he says that they've managed to keep their business going and keep the staff employed simply by using a different way by offering more delivery services, which probably under normal circumstances would have been a very small percentage of their their, in, their intake because most of it would have been either takeaway from the shop or actually seen in the shop. So I think the high street is going to change. There's not as many people out there. And I, I do predict a lot of closures on the high street. We're already seeing places like Debenhams is in trouble. That's gone under Topshop, the Arcadia Group. You're starting to see these big shops disappearing. And again, in in, in, a, in certain towns and cities, certainly in Wakefield, and um, we have a, a centre called the. What's it called? It's called the Trinity Centre. It's like a, it's it's a covered, it's a covered shopping centre. It's not an indoor shopping centre by any means. It's outdoor, but it's got a cover on, so you do keep a little bit dry, although it still is cold because you're outside. And Debenhams took up the whole the whole end of that. And then if you take into account Burton's Top Shop, Dorothy Perkins, the Arcadia Group, you know when they close down and they are closing down, there's a massive amount of retail space available. So I think going forward, these things will have to become more leisure-based if they're going to, you know, who's going to take on Debenhams? It's massive. Now, it's way too big unless you put another retailer in there or you split into smaller retailers. But what about another cinema? And I think that's the kind of thing that might happen. It might encourage people to say, well, I might take that space on as a cinema. So I think what will start to happen is we'll see less and less shops actually in the towns and the cities, but some of the bigger places turn into more leisure um, industries and not the food and the restaurants. I think it's more the things like cinemas, maybe bowling alleys. alleys. I think in some places where there isn't a close proximity to something like a pure gym, I think some of these bigger spaces will turn into into gym space. But the high street, I think, in 2021 is going to start looking a lot different. I think anybody who is looking to move into the high street, there's going to be some deals available because clearly these shops are not being rented. People have had to leave, close their businesses down. So landlords, I think, will be wanting more opportunities. So th there might be some deals there. So if you have got an idea you think might work um, and you can be flexible by having, yes, sit-in, takeaway, delivery, if you're willing to do all that, there might be some opportunities there. But the one thing I do see happening in the high street, and I'd I'm not sure it'll happen in 2021, but I certainly think we'll see in the next three to five years. I think these a lot of these shops may well start to be turned into living accommodation. Not so much the retail parks, they're different, but I think certainly where you've got a city centre, I think some of these shops very quickly could be converted into, into flats, apartments. And, and I've said this for a number of years, and, and I still stand by it. I think the pandemic has just probably brought this forward a little bit. I think eventually people start to live more in the cities and towns and then they will go shopping to external places like the shopping centres. And the big shopping centres, I think they'll do all right. I think people are still um, going to be using those. And certainly in places like we have the White Rose Shopping Centre in, in not far from us in Marley. They've got a big Debenhams. It will be interesting to see who they get to take that space on. And I think somebody will, somebody big will take that on because of the footfall. You know, the White Rose, because it's indoor, because it has the food as well, um, that has a lot more footfall than we have in Wakefield at the Trinity. So I think it would be appealing to a bigger company to take that on. Who it'll be, I don't know. And I'm sure the the people at the White Rose will be doing the best they possibly can to get someone in. So I see a change in the high street. Um, 
I do think that smaller kind of niche shops are going to struggle, I have to say. I think get for the same reason I talked about the cafes at the moment. If people aren't coming into town to the bigger shops, they won't come to the smaller shops. The one thing I have noticed in Wakefield, which I think is a really smart move, is they put free parking in. So before to go into Wakefield, you'd have to pay. It wasn't a lot of money, um, but you'd have to pay to park. Now it's free. I think that's certainly encouraging me to spend more time and go into the city. So I think that's something that the uh, councils could look at. Yes, it's a loss of income, but you've got to look at the other way. You know, if more people are coming in, more shops will be let out. And then maybe if more shops let out, then they'll get more tax and, 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 and business rates. So again, you know, you may not get the money from the parking, but you'd get it from something else. So I think that's going to be something I see that people will need to be encouraged to come into the cities. So the days of parking charges, I think, are going to be limited. Certainly cities like Leeds, you know, you can be in Leeds and it's a lot of money to park, especially if you park on a street, you know, you, you can be paying, you know, you can be there for a couple of hours and spend £7 parking. I, I think that that needs to be looked at. And the park and rides, sort of, no, I, I don't think people have a flavour for that. I think the convenience of parking and walking a few minutes to, to, a, to a place you want to go to is one thing. I think parking up, waiting for a bus, getting on a bus, waiting for a bus at the other end to come back to your car again. It works in some places, places like York, bigger cities, yes, not in the smaller cities. So I think the Leeds Park and Ride, I think that doesn't have the same impact unless you're working in the city for bringing people in. So I see this, the high street changing people living in the towns. I think the other thing that businesses need to do now is to start to look at what else can you do with the resources and the skills you have. So I'm already thinking that, look, for me, 2021 is about doing video courses. Why not? I've got the cameras. I can record the sound. Um, I've been playing about with this for a while now, so I've got some technical ability. So it's not difficult for me to do. So I already have the resource and knowledge for it as far as creating the products are concerned. And I've looked at things that my personal development skills would be able to assist Things that are a bit niche as well. So because we courses, you can have a few niche courses. So there'll certainly be something from me on people that are maybe drinking too much through um, through lockdown and want to look at that. Um, I'm certainly going to be doing a program on weight loss because again, I think that's going to be something that people are go- is going to get big because I think over the lockdown, people have stayed in. Um, I think people have drank more. I think they've eaten more. So I think this weight is going to be a bigger problem in 2021 because we've had a lot more sedentary lifestyles. People are kind of taking to food and drink to cheer themselves up, and that's going to create excess weight and other problems. So I think people in the health industry are going to see an uptake and, and, and a change in 2021. I really do think that. I know Sue, um, she does yoga, and I think seeing yoga done online, when it first happened, she was unsure whether people would take to online yoga. How do you deal with a class? Because a lot of times when you're doing a yoga class, and I've never taken a yoga class, but I've I've been to many. Um, the, the the coach, the trainer, the instructor will come and they will just adjust your position slightly. You might have your, your legs and your feet slightly wrong or they might just change your posture. Now, you clearly can't do that online. So that's one of the downsides to it. But what we have noticed through Sue's work is that people who maybe wouldn't have gone to a class through either not having the time or maybe even the, the, the uncomfortableness of actually doing yoga in front of other people they like online because they can follow along at home. They don't have to have the camera on and, and it gives them a much more comfortable situation in which to work the yoga class. And I think the same with meetings. 
I think going forward, I can see a lot more companies staying to going a lot more digital. You know, why why would you drag people from all over a county or a country to a meeting when you can do it almost as effectively online? And I have to say over over the lockdown, I'm a governor at a school and a lot of times the governor's meetings got cancelled because there wasn't enough people, you know, somebody were busy or it didn't work for somebody, somebody had to go somewhere. We, so you couldn't do it because we weren't all there. But actually we've had now two governor's meetings online and I think they've been more effective and I've certainly enjoyed them more than the actual physical meetings. Now, it is nice to see people and touch base and have a chit-chat. But from an effectiveness perspective, putting it on, having the meeting, going, without all the chit-chat, travelling, I think is something people are going to want to do going forward. So I can certainly see that some of these companies um, that have a lot of centre, city centre and or town centre office space may be considering now looking at going completely um, working from home. You know, I used to manage people and look, the, the one thing that I think bosses like is to see the staff. You know, you think, well, if they're at home, they, you know, they're going to be tossing it off, you know, but, I don't think that's the case. I think as long as you can monitor the workload and the, a reasonable workload is being delivered, does it matter whether you're sat in an office doing it or you're at home? The answer is no, it doesn't. The other thing it does from a lot of companies' perspectives, it takes away one of the biggest overheads any company has, which is premises. You don't need the office. You know, an office space is expensive. Um, I mean, when I was in, in my business, I had office space and I had warehousing space and they were independent of each other. And the office space was nearly three times more per square foot than the office space and then the warehouse space was. So if you can lose the office space and lose some of your overhead, that's got to give your business a lot more kind of flexibility. And I think then we will take to going to more kind of maybe quarterly or even, even monthly meetings where everyone gets together as a business and they can do that in a location that they can hire a hotel, a conference center. And I think some of these bigger spaces in the city centres that maybe at one point were retail space could well be turned to that kind of purpose. So some of the bigger shops could become very good conferencing facilities. And I think, again, having that ability, a conference facility, I think they're going to see a rise in those. Hot desking. I think that's another thing that's going to become interesting, whether people can... Um, there's a, there's a, I've tried it a couple of times having kind of fairly flexible office space and it does work. I think it's, it's a good thing. So I can see that rising up as well. The other thing from a business perspective I see happening in 2021 is as well as what I've talked about is I think that people are going to start looking at doing more um, outdoor stuff. So I think there's going to be more experiences people want. I think the idea of kind of um, challenges, physical challenges over lockdown because people couldn't go out and do marathons and they couldn't do the running and they couldn't do the walking and, and you know, we haven't, we've done some walking locally, but we, we haven't done the, the Yorkshire Three Peaks. We couldn't do a National Three Peaks. We couldn't take on some of the kind of the um, iconic routes. I think there's going to be more people, you know, doing these virtually. So at the moment, I'm in the middle of doing a virtual Pennine Way, which is I've got to walk 268 miles. That's the length of the Pennine Way and do it virtually. So I can do it in my location around here. Now, can I replicate the Pennine Way with the hills and the marshes and the bogs? And I, No, I can't, but I can replicate the distance. And I think these there's a lot of people interested. I'm signed up to this, and a lot of people have signed up for this. At the end of it, if we complete it, we get a little badge and a, a little neck buff thing, like a, a neck warmer. And I think these things, like people taking on challenges like lands into Johnny Groat, so you do the distance. Okay, you can't do the route, but you'll do the distance. I think these are going to happen. I think they're going to become more popular. And I think it's going to get people actually active and in part of something else, a community. So when your community 
is doing something. I think you always are pushed a bit more yourself. Um, that you strive for, for recording my walks and my runs. And some days, even when I'm not too motivated to go out, if I see somebody else has been out or somebody else is doing some miles, it encourages me and motivates me to go out. So I think these companies are going to do well. And then outdoorsy companies, people that are doing outdoor walking companies, um, outdoor guides, I think they're going to become popular. Because once we can start to walk again, I think people are going to want to walk and, and see, maybe want to know a bit more about the outdoors. Because the one thing being stuck in your house for a long period of time makes you appreciate is how nice it is to be out. And certainly the people I know that are, seem to be handling the lockdowns best are the ones that are spending more time outside. Even if it's only walking around where you live, it's still in the fresh air. You're still noticing nature. You're still outside in the elements. And I think that outdoors companies and people want to know more about going further then they'll think well I've liked walking while it's been on, on lockdown what it's like to walk around the hills so then the outdoor companies can start to sell other services not just guiding anymore I think it'll become about navigation understanding the safety when you're out walking and again I think we're going to see an uptake in fitness equipment from that perspective so people that sell the rucksacks the the walking gear the waterproofs the boots I think people are going to start doing more of this so I, I predict anybody in that kind of industry is in a strong position in 2021. The one thing that I think um, I have to say is, is, is a strange industry is when you look at people that do kind of hair and beauty. The problem with this is if you miss a haircut, you don't get you don't then go have two haircuts, do you? So let's say your hair grows and it grows, you miss an haircut, so it grows long because you can't go to the, the, the salon or the, the barber's. You then don't go have two haircuts to make up for that. So I think they've really been hit hard. And I think the hairdressing salons are going to need to really consider, will some of them open up again? Probably not. I think they, they, they will really be struggling because I think they're going to start going mobile. And I think mobile hairdressing might become a big thing again. People come into your house. Now we can't do that through lockdown, but once it opens up again, they may not be able to afford the shop now and they may be not getting the footfall for all the reasons I've talked about with the high street. But maybe now they'll be more effective if they did the um, mobile because they won't have the expense of a, a unit or a, a shop to pay for. They'll only need to get around by a vehicle. And I think that could become something that people start to look at. And certainly I know that's popular with women. I know that uh, Sue does some mobile hairdressing. She's a very good qualified hairdresser. I've salon in years, in leads for years. But I've, ne I've not seen much with barbers, blokes offering to do this for fellas. So maybe that's something that's an opportunity for somebody to say, look, I can cut hair, I can drive a car, and I can cut blokes hair, right, mobile hairdressing for men. I think that could become a thing. And also because of fashions and facial hair, you can tie that in with also beard grooming. So I think there's going to be some new, more mobile stuff happening, which I think is going to be really interesting. The other thing that I, I want to sort of talk about, and this is more general now for, I think, 2021, is I think we have to develop more patience. I think that's the one thing we're going to be asked to do in 2021. Um, this is why I've chosen to sort of work on discipline this year. And taking on this Pennine Way was my kind of first proper, um, what's it, declaration of intent, that's the word. I, I, I made the decision, and it was a big decision to do 268 miles right. I'm doing that. And I'm doing that because I have to go out every single day because you can't, there's no way of making this any shorter. 260 miles is a lot in one month. I've got to do nearly nine miles every day. So I've got to go out every day. If I don't go out, it only adds more to it. So I have to go out every day in difficult conditions because I wanted to build, I wanted to build discipline because for me, discipline and patience are similar. You know, going out and doing things we're not always comfortable doing. 
I think we're going to need more of that in 2021 because I don't think the pandemic is anywhere close to, to being concluded. I think this will roll on and I don't think we'll start opening up properly and, and have the high street completely open. If it can open again, as in the shops that can open or are able to open because they've stayed open and stayed solvent have opened up again. I don't see that happening until July, August time properly. So people need to be patient. And I think even now, if, if you are sat worrying about your job or worrying about your business, you've got to think, what can I do? What what can I do next? What are the, How can I, I don't like to use this word because it's a bit pantsy, but pivot, that's the word. When people don't want to pivot. I don't like the word of pivoting. But what 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 else can you do? What else can you what what, what skills have you that you can deploy and do something else with? So I certainly think the online courses are going to be big. The podcasting, I think, selling and not from an online shop is going to become bigger. There is a lot of competition, but you know because there's a lot of competition because there's a lot of customers. So I think if you get yourself a nice product, a nice little shop online, push it through Amazon, push it through eBay, I think people can start to earn a living from home. But they have to be patient. And the other expectation I think people have got to really become realistic about is earnings. I think, you know, money's going to be tight. People are going to be out of work. They're not going to have the same disposable income. So you have to be a little bit careful about setting those high bars for how much you want to earn. Because I think what we really what 2021 and 2022 is going to be about is more about getting through, surviving and not slipping back. I think if you're into 2021 and you haven't lost any ground in 2020, you've done well. And yes, some companies have done great. And I, I know some people, um, certainly that I know, have done well through lockdown because of the services they offered. Now, you know, you, you can't say these people are fantastic business people. They had an opportunity thrown at them. And they are good business people, but it, it was the time and the place came together. I think one industry that's going to be really badly affected is the creative industry. I do have fears for that because... People now, especially people that are at college or training to be designers, artists, um, all those kind of things, they're going to offer their services for experience. So I think people are going to be challenged in that arena. So I think people that build websites, maybe do design logos, that kind of branding piece, I think that's going to be become a very um, price competitive marketplace. I mean, I think it is. it was before lockdown, before 2020, but I think increasingly so now. And again, I think the good designers will do well, but they have to be realistic about their expectations. You know, you can't be charging hundreds of pounds an hour for something because somebody's going to do it for half that, quarter of that, a tenth of that. And they're going to be as good as you. Maybe not as brilliant, but they'll be certainly good enough. And I think because companies now maybe are going to start starting small, small college industry businesses, little kind of shops, they don't want a fantastic piece of branding, a fantastic logo. They just want one that's good enough which is why I think we're going to see the rise of things like Fiverr. I think from a website design perspective, I do think Squarespace is going to do well in 2021. I think it did well for the last two years. It's always been there sideways on and just maybe a bit below um, something like WordPress. But if you've got a website now, you absolutely need to be in control of your content. You shouldn't have a web company looking after it for you. You should be in control of it all completely. And if you're not, then you're exiting somebody else's basket. Because what if that design company goes under? Well, they host my website. You know, there was a time they used to host them on a server in their own building. That's not the wise move anymore. You need to own your own URL. You need to own your own website. And any business that doesn't do that, isn't, is, that's a weakness. Because you're then at the behest of whether you're paying, they can put the price up because they say, well, things have changed and then you might not be able to afford it. Or even worse, they go under and so does all the work they've done. 
I think we're going to become more self-sufficient and that's where the patience comes in because we need to start looking at these areas and say, right, where are the potential weaknesses here? Where am I putting too much effort that may at some point not be there? I was in um, Wakefield yesterday, walking through Wakefield, and I can kind of get the sense now that some shops are really trying hard to, to do what they're doing and push it, but they're not changing how they're doing it. And then one shop I went to, um, was click and collect. And then I thought, you know, you can't go in the shops, but you can do click and collect. So basically, you ring up online, this is what I want, and then you basically turn up, you pay for it online, you turn up, knock on the door, they come to the door and hand you a little plastic bag. What a clever idea. And certainly, I went and bought some um, consumables for something yesterday or this morning because of that click and collect service. They're the only person in that industry in the town doing click and collect. Clever. So 2021, you know, it's not going to be the wonderful utopia we thought it was going to be. I think we all probably knew it was going to be a bit tough as it, as it started to get worse with the COVID in the back end of 2020. But 2021 is certainly going to be a year for possibilities. Um, think about the things I've talked about. The high street's changing. People are going to start living in it. I think there's going to be a rise now of online content. If you can do it, get on board with that. It doesn't take you that long. Don't matter if they're rubbish to start with because you'll get better. But get some stuff out there. Practice recording. Practice teaching to camera. And, and, and get that out to some of your friends and people you know. Get them to test it. Get a podcast going if you haven't got one. I don't care whether you're a butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Think creatively about how you make a podcast interesting. Because people love to be entertained. Um podcast is massively um, big with me at the moment. I'm loving doing it. I'm also loving listening to them. And I think it's taken over almost from radio. Certainly on an evening when I'm going to sleep, I listen to a podcast every single night. And where I would have maybe listened to music in the past, I'm liking the information. And the ones I'm enjoying most are the kind of slightly, kind of casual ones. Um, you know, they need to be casual, they need to be entertaining, they need to be a bit of fun. Now, I know this one today, probably not as casual and fun as my normal ones are, but I, I wanted you to... To be thinking about this because I think whatever business you're in now, there are some great risks, but there are some great opportunities. You know, it could be very, very scary, could the future, or you can see it's very, very exciting. And I choose exciting, it's, it's a smart move, and, and it's certainly I'm excited about what could happen in the next six to 12 months. And if you are feeling a bit low now, remember this you know, people are always saying this, you're not in this together. The reality is, you are in this together. But we're all experiencing the same thing at the same time. But we're still in it. We're still in it by ourselves, and it can feel lonely. It can feel difficult. So instead of dwelling on what's maybe changed or what's not going to come back, try to look now with what you've got, with the resource available to you. What could you do differently? How could you change some of the things you're doing? How could you change some of your lifestyle choices? How could you change some of your business choices? Because as I say, although this has been heavily pushed towards business today. Being able to see the opportunity, use your resource in a different way, is just as relevant for any part of your life. I'll give you an example. In lockdown, Sue and I realised we couldn't get some of the stuff. We, we basically started eating a lot more um, homemade Indian food. Uh, we're both vegan slash vegetarian. Um, so we started just experimenting with lentils and chickpeas and curries and rice and japais. And we took the resource we already had in. So we, when it was panic buying, we didn't do all that. We had a lot of stuff in anyway, and we turned it into some delicious dishes. Changed the way we eat. And we've got, I tell you now, I've dropped weight. I feel as healthy as I've ever felt. I felt great. All because we pivoted, we changed. I'm not, I don't use that word, Gareth, pivot. Stop the word pivot. We changed, we adapted. So think about that. You know, we've started to turn one of his rooms in his bedroom into something else. It's like a different space. It's now not a bedroom. It's now more of a sitting reading room because we start to read a bit more. And again, because we get to shops, we've started to bring the Kindle out, use the Kindle more. We never use the Kindle much now. We do. We love the Kindle. 
so it doesn't matter whether it's personally or professionally. You're a, it's about looking at the, the future and realizing things are changing. You've got to change with them. You can't kick your bow and say, I don't want this to happen. I don't want the change to happen. It's happening anyway. You're part of it. You can't do all about that. But you can look positively. You can look for the opportunities and take them. And I think if you do, there are some great times ahead. And even those people that businesses are going under and places and shops that won't open, they will reinvent themselves. They'll be, they'll be doing something else in so many months' time. They just will because that's how life is, isn't it? We get sometimes tough breaks and we make the best of it and then we look back and think, goodness me, that shop shutting down, that pandemic, um, that thing not happening was the best thing that happened to me. Um, I know that's certainly true of most things in my life. It may feel rough at the time, but, you know, wait, because, you know, six months down the line, what's happening to you right now could be the best thing that's ever happened. But whatever you're doing, make sure now you are looking at the opportunity in front of you. I'll tell you the one thing, just to finish on this. I think the people pushing the kind of, you know, get a five-year, 10-year, 15-year business plan, that's out of the water at the moment. Right now, you need to go back to old-school way of doing it, what I call old-school market trading. You need to be on your wits. You've got to have your wits about you, use your intuition, and you've got to make decisions quickly, and you've got to act fast. That's what's going to make the difference now, I believe, between you successfully navigating this and coming out winning or sat there feeling like you've lost through lockdown. Speed. Speed's what we need. Anyway, that's my first podcast of 2021. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, any questions, any thoughts on this, let me know. And my intention going on to 2021 is to do a podcast a week. So um, thank you for listening. If you already subscribed, please consider doing so. If you do subscribe, if you do listen, please try to go on to some of these things and give me a review on Apple. There's a few on there now, and I'm getting a few more listeners. So I appreciate that, but a five-star review would be absolutely fantastic. Make me day. And check out my blogs as well at garthpool.com because I'm going back to blogging. I've just done a blog which is similar to what I've talked about here, but not quite as detailed. Um, and I'll be doing a few more blogs over the course of the next few weeks. So check out the garthpool.com for stuff on there. And I'll see you again, or you'll hear from me again in another podcast. And until then, take care.